Joe Kim, the brand in the house, man. Thank you for coming. Hey, I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, man. It's a little rainy today, but you know, those little drops of sunshine. It's That's okay. Say. Yeah, just gotta have the shampoo drops ready. That's right. all. Little, little drops of sunshine, yeah. That's yeah, it. besides the hail, what do you call the hail? I don't think, was there really hail though? Yeah. Because I didn't see any. Well, and I, I don't know if it's here yet, but it's definitely around where my mom works. Where does she work? Uh, she, I think she's in, what, Woodstock or something today? Yes, the thing about hell, it could go for a minute and then never come here. And Weather in general, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the weather podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by. <laughs> right, that would be IBM, just a guessing right? game. IBM owns the Weather Channel now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they've, had, they've owned them for a while. But uh, um, I don't know. I guess IBM started, you know, buying up things that, you know, didn't need to work to make money, right? Because the Weather Channel doesn't really work. Like, it's not like... Hey, it's gonna rain today, and if they're wrong, they still have a job. True. They could be wrong many times in a row too. Oh yeah, lots of times. Yeah, and I think it's uh, probably Watson that uh, runs the weather. Anyways, I think Watson probably manipulates the weather too. So you know, because oh, because you know there was a tornado that hit yesterday too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So just ran. Saw things. some videos on Fulton Fulton Road, and it looked pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, there was power lines and trees down. Don't touch down power lines, kids. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Joe, tell me about your uh, tell me about yourself. Where where are you from, man? So I'm from a town called Augusta, Georgia. It's about two hours east of here. But mm-hmm. uh, after high school, I actually uh, bolted to Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Tell my Brooklyn folks, Brooklyn in the house. <laughs> uh, so over in Park Slope, Jay Z, what's up? That's right. Uh, over at the Marcy Projects, uh, I I lived in a nicer part. It was a affluent Jewish community in Brooklyn. Uh, lasted a couple years, and uh, let's see about moved over to. Gosh, I don't want to get the timeline mixed up. It was L.A., then La Jolla, California. Became a beach bum there for a little bit. That's fun. Yeah, and then came back to Atlanta and uh, went back out to California. I uh, was living in Charleston until uh, a crazy freak accident happened, and I just got back here a couple months ago. Now, when you were up in Brooklyn, were you doing the same type of profession as you're doing now, or did you bounce around professions? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it could be anything from cleaning people's windows or uh, taking a blind person's groceries to sure. cooking at bar mitzvahs and just different things. It was Smorgasbord, huh? Oh, it was just a lot Lots. of fun. A lot of experiences. That's cool. Tell me about the brand. The brand. So... All of us are building somewhat of a personal brand. Sure. I think uh, we have these gifts and, and talents and abilities that we might not be, we might be capped. We, we haven't had a chance to kind of fulfill that. And so um, as you're building your personal brand, it communicates to other people, who are you? And so that's why I wanted to name my, my handle, JK the brand, because I wanted to let people know who I am. Okay. So, so what do you do? So what do I do? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm a content creator a serial entrepreneur, um, just a guy who I wouldn't label it as a coach, but somebody who can get something out of somebody. Okay. Like uh, if it's the the best of their abilities or if it's to remove a traumatic past. It's just, I don't know if you want to call it a magician. You can maybe call it a psychological magician, but a serial entrepreneur, cool. all about solving those problems. Yeah, well, we talked about when you said like content creator and you make the best out of someone kind of like what we were discussing at our networking event that somebody that has potential that you see online and you're like, okay, I know that I can do something with you and I know that I can make you way more successful than you think that you are or that you think that you can be. 
Absolutely, because I think uh, we put limits and caps on ourselves. Because um, I don't know if it's the vanity of social media. I mean, you know, God bless social media for being in existence. Is there existence. a lot of vanity in social media? Uh, there's, there's still, there still is. There, there still is. The mirror is still there. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's so much of it out there. It's just insane. That's why mental health health has become a huge, huge uh, topic of discussion because that vanities. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We, we actually talked to somebody on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago that was was talking about. Um, you know, just it, your post on social media and everything you do is is wanting that 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 affirmation that you're mm. that you're good and and really in a lot of cases there's people that are haters and they're just going to give you the bad shit that they see yeah and it's just re- really uh you know bogs down on 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 people yeah social um, media can be really hit or miss I feel like so I told you about my TikTok popping off mm-hmm. and I got like 3.2 million views on one of my videos on TikTok mm-hmm. and then I was like oh this is so cool and everybody was like commenting yeah she like, was relating. changing like her drapes or curtains and got 3.2 million views yeah sure no it was about my cat it's the stupidest even worse thing. even worse even worse right. <laughs> even worse but then people I can't started believe to you comment have a cat. you do look like a cat woman oh my i have a pit bull sir uh, i'm a pit bull you have person. a cat um well the whole point of my tiktok was that my cat ran away so uh, so, <laughs> oh, no. so yeah no, what if your not, not a cat person him? anymore Oh my gosh, Tito was scared of the Tito cat. Tito would not do that. Tito was scared of the cat. <laughs> but know. then people were, once it got so many views, people were going back to my other TikToks where you could actually see my face because in the entire video that was popular, you couldn't see me at all. Yeah. They were going back to my other videos and they're like, you're not as pretty as you think that you are. Like, humble yourself. Like, you're not well, that attractive. And like, came after me. I was like, okay, maybe I need to take a break from this app for a minute because it's like, Wow, you guys are making me depressed uh, no, for They're, no reason. <laughs> number one, I wouldn't read them because I just don't. I, I think that would be boring to read comments of people I'd never meet. Number number two, I definitely wouldn't read them because um, I'm lazy. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't want to, lazy in that fact. But I guess it's a natural good for me not to do it because if I read all the comments on probably everything that we're going to do in the future. It's. Like, look at that fat dude. You're not as good looking as you seem. I was like, I don't think I'm good looking at all. <laughs> I never said that I was. Like that, that's when you just take your shirt off and just shake it all about. But, oh, yeah. That's right. But, but uh, actually, I don't know if you've ever heard of the movie Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. If you remember towards the end, it's like, are you poo-poo face 6677? It's like, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, that's <laughs> and right. so yeah, I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to create stuff uh, in mm-hmm. the beginning to just anger somebody and say, all right, we're, let's let's IP address track this person and let's go ahead and like stalk this person and like not Let's hunt them out. down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was all about that. Yeah, but that social media with that me getting so many negative comments, I was like, okay, so this is why people that are extremely successful like the big TikTokers like Addison Rae and Charlie, Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio, like their mental health is probably rocked when they get super, super successful. So it's really important to talk about it. Or you learn how to just... Like divert that, yeah. Block like try your best to block it out, but there's only so much blocking out when you've got a hundred million followers. You get other blocking out. uh, Get other people to read your your stuff that you only comment on the good stuff. Only read you the affirmation. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You read my stuff, and I don't want to hear anything negative. (laughs) (laughs) Only positives. No criticism here. That's it. But it's funny because I, 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 man, I think uh, like. I, either I was watching an interview or I read a snippet, but like Gordon Ramsay, uh, the chef will say, I, like comment cards, like I only want to hear the negative because you can't get better on the positives. 
right? You can't you can't make your restaurant better, or your food better on people's like this is the greatest thing ever. Well, that's done then. It's like, right. hey, I think you could do this and this, and if, mm-hmm. but you gotta know who that's coming from too mm-hmm. to be able to accept that advice and accept that uh, that that hey, I might need to look at it, but. You know, poo poo face. You know, one eight 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 is not the, uh, you know, the end all be all on, uh, on TikTok videos. Yeah, I know the person that's like the people that were commenting on my videos, telling me you're not attractive. Blah blah. I know that you're sitting at home on your couch, bored, probably not. You don't know that they might be in their mansion and beautiful, sitting there with your fifteen million cats. Oh sure, yeah. If they're sitting in their mansion and absolutely beautiful, they probably got something else to do. They have one of those weird dogs with no hair that costs like $5,000. Except at the tip of their tail or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who are you? Diamond, a diamond collar. Yeah. (laughs) A diamond collar. I got a diamond collar on my dog. What do you got? More expensive than your rent for the next 10 years. Right. Excuse me, pay your rent first, then we'll have a conversation. Exactly. So how do you you combat that with people? So, um, one, I know that if they're not sitting with me, and and saying it to my face it's like say it in my face then i honestly i i don't do the post to really i'm not concerned about the comments sure because then again you also have that uh the the uplift of like oh my god fantastic job emojis with the hand clapping and all that i I never got my validation based on comments i never got my approval from other people Mm. it's just knowing okay this is the best i'm going to put out there for that day because this is if you actually uh, track me on instagram it's actually my journey so i document almost every day what i've been up to all the changes all the struggles i've gone through but i don't care about the comments but it's just encouraging to have that on there because what i care about are the dms that come sure because it's the private conversations where you can actually really go in and actually help somebody so sure i'm not concerned 50 comments or a thousand yeah as long as you're but when you're you're teaching somebody how do you say stay away from that stay away from the pitfalls from from the uh, commenting and yeah, well from the from the coaching standpoint you're talking to somebody and you can make it better and they have a digital a really good digital footprint hey this is how to keep your mental without how to, paying attention how to, to disregard the trolls well it is tough um i think if for that person they need to know who they are first and this is on a philosophical side i think if they just went on that journey really quickly or however long it takes them to learn who they are first what their gifts are then um, I think anything that comes after that can be up for discussion because there's a book I'm reading that uh, said that there is a an ongoing, could be an epidemic going on with relationships that can affect your mental health. And it's the fact that there's not enough resilience that you're building amongst yourself. But again, that traces back to, do I know who I am first? Because you got to build that root system first because if you have weeds, weeds don't have a very deep root system mm. and it's just easy to pull them up. But let's go to the uh, Grand Oaks Forest uh, in Germany, and let's knock a tree down and see how deep the roots are. It's never straight. Sure. The more crooked and crazy the roots are and the thicker it is, that's you knowing about who you are as the person first. Yeah. Then when you go out to add value, yes, expect to be um, attacked. Expect to be debated. Expect to be a person that gets rocks thrown at them. That's part of the process. Sure. So. Yeah. So cat, the cat thing got you to 3.2. Mm. Yeah, I got like 30. That's ridiculous. I got like 33,000 followers in like a few days. Wow. Yeah, and then I, my content dropped off. I stopped, I just posted a few more and I was like, yeah, I'm going to take a break. And I literally got off TikTok for like a year. 
but now, but now I'm back. I so haven't they made did anything it. yet. They but. did it. They did it to you. They made you quit. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, yeah, they maybe got <laughs> I'm defeated. Not gonna lie, yeah, they got, they got, they kind of ruined it for me. But That's, now okay. I'm back, confidence regained. Boom. So it's kind of, is it daunting, you know, um, cataloging your day like you do? I mean, is that a daunting thing? It used to be, but um, I think uh, if you if you take the time to pick a lesson that you learn from the day, mm. it becomes easier. It, it, the only daunting task is actually like the first couple things I would say, like a hello or may the fourth be with you or some goofy phrase that'll just kind of lightheart the uh, conversation because a lot of my stuff that I post are pretty deep. Yep. And, and so I want to kind of make it a little bit easy for them to walk onto that platform so it's humanized and then you can walk into my world. Right. Yeah, I've looked at your social media quite a bit after we connected last week and your message is really powerful, especially like with everything that you've gone through recently. You putting stuff out there and allowing yourself to be vulnerable will make other people feel like, okay, if I need advice, I can definitely DM him. Like, I can relate to his story. I've been through something similar, and that's just so important for people to see. Let's talk about that. What's happened to you recently? So um, this happened back in February of uh, this year. So mm -hmm. the 16th of February, I got into a um, near-death experience, a horrific uh, blackout accident. Uh, I was actually working in the medical field at the time was helping with the vaccines, with the testing and all mm -hmm. the data, things like that. And I was in Charleston, South Carolina. It was my third month in, and this was probably the 90th day of 12 this hours. This is three months ago. Yes. Okay. Well, about a couple months ago, yeah. but I was in Charleston three months and uh, didn't have a day off. It was 12 hour days straight mm -hmm. for 90 days. And then um, I remembered saying something and then I blacked out. I got in what they consider in the brainwave state, the theta state, which was the um, dreaming state. So I got into, uh, I got on my one wheel, uh, which for you guys is a one wheel hoverboard with the wheel in it. Um, it's cool. It's really, really dope. So uh, I got on, went about 20 miles an hour. I did not know anything that happened, but I wrecked and landed head first on my left side. Uh, got road rash across the right part of my forehead and under my, uh, my arm itself. So it was uh, a traumatic brain injury, a mild concussion, and... I don't know what the hell happened in the last seven hours because the only time I regained some kind of consciousness, mm -hmm. I was standing in front of my mirror, uh, pretty much out of the shower. But I was, uh, I, I had, I had my PJ. So you on. were walking. You were a zombie. You were a walking zombie. No, which was weird because I had to go and backtrack everything. Normal conversations. I used Uber. I ordered food. I ate food. I went to the bathroom. Yeah, I, like you yeah. did. You were, you were, you were. You were not conscious, but you were conscious at the same time. Like you were, you were having. It's like a drunk, yeah, blackout drunk, where the people are are walking and talking and doing anything, but they don't remember it. Yeah, Jiminy Christmas, that's crazy. That's scary. And where yeah. were you? You were in Charleston uh, on the cobblestone, whatever. Uh, I was over in Mount Pleasant. It was okay. actually at a big church parking lot because they had an out of uh, outer sight type of like an outdoor testing site mm -hmm. that actually got blown away from a tornado. It just touched down in a small part of Mount Pleasant. So I was helping clean the rubbish and the, the wreckage and stuff. It was three, 10 by 10, 20 by 10, 10 by 10 tent, and a generator flew into the trees. So and that was your job three months ago? Yeah. And did you do that because it was your profession before? You're like, hey, this is a good way to make money, or both, I want to make money, and it can help a lot right now? I was actually okay on the financial front, mm -hmm. but it was actually just to help people out. Good. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, we were at the point, I got sick of it. I mean, with uh, just staying at home, it took maybe, what, two days? And I said, I got to go do something about it. And um, it didn't start with that. I also uh, had traveled the country a little bit to uh, set up uh, just testing sites mm -hmm. just to see if uh, people would actually come up and drive and do their uh, COVID testing. And this actually 
was uh, the what was it the sponsorship dinners that Donald Trump was hosting. Okay. And here's a, here's an unknown fact, and uh, I could share this openly, but 80% of those attendees already were tested positive for COVID and still attend the event. I believe that. So it's a pretty wild stat because we actually, again, I do, I started doing the data tracking after a mm-hmm. couple events. I'm like, these guys aren't wearing masks or hugging each other, spitting pretty much like, oh my God, it's so exciting. I'm like, gosh, they're spitting at each other. They're <laughs> yeah. spreading this stuff. And it's like, yeah. can we get a test? And uh, you might recall a story of the governor of Ohio. He actually sent a tweet I believe it was the summer of last year or, or the fall of some one of those times. And uh, she's supposed to go to a, a yacht club to actually host Donald Trump for this uh, sponsorship dinner. He couldn't go because he tested positive, but he put it out on Twitter, which created a, a, a massive uh, uh, eruption of uh, mm-hmm. in the media. And so he couldn't go and he got pissed off about it. So and that's kind of the, the whole journey that led up to this accident. But yeah, it's so did you go to the hospital after you came to in front of your shower in, in front of your mirror? Actually, I did. Like, I, I did go to the hospital now. I, actually, no, I don't I, know where I went. <laughs> Time traveling now. <laughs> I float in levitated. Yes, uh, I thought I float in levitated, but no. At, right after the accident, I was um, sent through an ambulance to uh, East Cooper Medical Center. So I was sent to the hospital after the accident because the tent that I was cleaning up, we had a um, like a backup set of tents that I put up myself, and there were nurses in there. So a nurse's natural response is to make sure I wasn't bleeding. Because when my nose is bleeding, it doesn't bleed uh, draining down. It actually kind of like fountains out, it, like mm. shoots up and down if I'm laying down. So I went through the hospital, didn't, don't remember being administered a shot, didn't remember getting uh, agreeing to CT scans. Didn't Actually, I think I might have held my But you got all hand. that stuff. Uh, I got it right now, yeah. I've got it at home, so. No, I mean, you got all the, you did get the CT that day and all that, and you didn't just didn't remember it. Right. So you had to do like a like a hangover thing and trace back your day. Like, oh, I've got a, I've got a, you know, what the heck happened there? Let me check my phone. I've got a and you were just from here. Going, you were going all the way back of your day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so did you get? Did you do a follow up? So okay, this is where actually the mental health journey really started. Like the I had multiple fractures on my skull and uh, the bridge of my nose was broken, and so those body parts. Uh, healed within a week, which was a miracle in itself. Mm-hmm. And I could just attribute it to a bunch of different things. But the mental health journey was actually seeing neurologist after neurologist after neurotherapist after neurotherapist mm-hmm. after neuro- neurologist and neurotherapist. It was about seven of these professionals. And the frustration came because I was uh, only given drugs. And uh, here's, a, here's a receipt and or like a piece of paper. This is what you need to do to suppress your future headaches. So... It was. Uh, it led up to just about last Friday, seeing a brain train specialist um, and also a kinesiologist to finally address what caused the accident. And it wasn't based on just working twelve-hour days. It was actually much deeper than that. Hmm. So it was a pretty kooky journey. But I'm not saying I hate on the medical system. It's just the way that they provide solution is just let's just put a bandaid on a cancer. Well, look. I mean, a lot of that is the. Uh the the um it's a money driven pharmaceutical Industry. complex you know what i mean so it's um you know they call it the military complex or whatever this is a medical complex and um drug companies rule the united states just like insurance 100%. just like insurance companies do yeah you know that in in the uk uh it's i think it's illegal i'm pretty sure it's illegal you like we 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 can't have cigarette smoking ads on our TVs you ain't seen them since 80s since early 80s right right but they don't have pharmaceutical commercials on their TVs because 
people are self-diagnosing themselves by, you know, two actors walking down the road with a puppy dog and going, and then at the end, here's where it should, here's where people should stop and go, okay, well, there's something weird about this. At the end, if a guy talks really fast and says, if you've ever had all this stuff, then see your doctor. I don't think you should take that at all. <laughs> like, fast talking guy in a commercial means no to me. Well, he he uh, he had a nice paycheck for doing that. Right. Well, that's his business. That. Yeah. That's his business. You know, I, I love it, but hey, that's not all he's doing either. You know, he's doing the the gargle, uh, you know, voiceover on 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 uh, commercials too, or, or or cartoons too. That's not where he gets his money, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But you know. You don't need drugs to do everything. Right. Unless uh, you want to just uh, hide everything. But I think with, with mental health, you got to uh, open that door and you have to uh, pretty much, so to speak, let it all out. You have mm-hmm. to get that addressed because if you don't, it's um, any any CTE uh, cases that you, you hear about, the suicides mm-hmm. or the crazy things that happen as a result were years and decades of buildup and you want to make sure you can address that and that's why in my journey um it's it's let's address it now and let's document this because i want other people to learn from this or get some kind of sense of hope let's just address this stuff right now or else yeah that's a big thing like i'm very 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 well aware of how impactful suicide can be to the people around you and looking at it one someone my my dad um he dealt with so much PTSD, depression, alcoholism from when he served in Afghanistan after 9-11. And that he just never dealt with it. Never dealt with it. Covered it up with drinking and stuff like that. And I was like, you, we, we would have just gotten the help that you needed and really opened that up and went back inside and just dug deep. Then we, he could have done what you're doing and just building yourself. Mm. And it, it takes exposing yourself deeply in order to get actually fix yourself in the long run so how long was your dad in afghanistan don't mind me asking. Uh, i think he was only there a year the only there a year is a long time it is a long time mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he told me some traumatic stories so i can't really imagine going through that and so i never pretended yeah. to relate but at the end of the day we should have we should have sought more help for him but i mean we couldn't have done it without him and he didn't ever try so that's true that's true but there's ways there's uh, implementing education before the PTS ha- PT- PTS happens and all that uh, PTS PTSD right mm-hmm. um, happens where you can start training people before it happens and educating people before it happens and during the time right and then after the time and they didn't get that during or de- before during and not enough afterwards. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the way you the way you handle that is you keep paying them. A lot of this stuff can be handled with money. I know it's a lot of times it can't be some things can't be done with money, but a lot of things in an aggregate can be handled with money. And I say the police brutality thing and all the social injustice that's going out there and police doing the wrong things, you know, it, that can be handled with a paycheck. Because if you pay police officers a hundred thousand dollars a year, every one of them, you're going to get really, really good police officers. You're going to get people that don't want to go back overseas. True. You're going to get very well trained police officers. They're going to think twice about making a bad decision when they do it. And and typically, they've been in those situations before because of military or some other reason or some other high stress job where that's not as high stress to them. And then they can take that situation. 
and uh, and process it faster and make faster decisions. Now, are there things that's going to happen still? Of course, but it's not going to be as much, and those guys are going to be better trained trained people. The, the same thing with veterans. You know, you, you keep paying them to come back to those things for their for their well being, and then if they don't come. You can't help. You can't right. help it. But they yeah. do. They do have to be bought in. Absolutely, and I, I think uh, you also nailed it. That education is uh, is definitely the probably, if not the most important thing, but a very important thing to do. Because with um, I mean, within my family, I can only speak to my family because I've only lived in a Korean Asian household mm-hmm. um, to teach them of the fact about discrimination and racism and the past and comparison, all those things. Um, I've seen a drastic change on how my family sees things. Cause I would be open to talking to whoever you are because I've already addressed that early on, but mm. just to see if families could do that, could take the time to educate each other from the outside to say, you know what? We're not so different after all. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think the crime might still, there might be some aspects of crime. There's always going to be bad dudes out there. Oh, There's yeah. always going to be bad people out there. Mm-hmm. But the more people have in education, typically translate to the more they have uh, monetarily. And then the more they have, they don't want to lose it. So they think mm-hmm. about what they're going to do before they do it. Um, and yes, yeah, so there's always going to be bad people out there. But, you know, if it grows, if crime grows to the to the rate of of population instead of growing to where it is now, it's better to grow where it is now instead of okay. If there's that much more and then it escalates up, there's it's it's wild wild west. I agree. It's wild wild west, and it begins with education. It begins with teaching people. Yeah, in every different facet, every different facet. Yeah, so, what? So your product now, if if I'm a if I'm a uh, a person that walks up to you at a networking group, i.e. Kelly, and and says, "Hey, what do you do?" and you know, "What can I buy from you?" What is what what am I what would I be buying from you? So it would actually be a service, okay, and it would be a after we would vet you and you know make sure if it makes sense, but it would actually be an invitation to a community where we curate a strategy. Mm. So it's. A lot of the a lot of our clients in our community, uh, there's a community I started building uh, about a few years ago, where we would um, take those in who are looking for a better way of life, who, um, but have had some hiccups or some un, some clogged sinks or uh, clogged toilets, however you want to label it, that we can just go ahead first. Let's address those things first, and then we could, uh, as a byproduct, uh, provide that service of. Uh, entrepreneurship, just get them on the road to starting their own business. Because we we come to find that a lot of times whenever you start learning about yourself and you become the best version of yourself or however you want to label it, uh, you tend to lean towards an entrepreneur route just because uh, a lot of the things that you do may not be in in the same alignment as the system that's in a place of where they work at. Not to say the place is a bad place to work at, Mm -hmm. but maybe they need to venture off into something else. I don't encourage everybody who's listening to uh, quit your job now and then jump and ship into something because I, I would not endorse that at all and I'm not endorsing it either. It's endorsed by no one said nope, no no said no one ever. I didn't endorse that. But so, a lot, but yeah. a lot of times if I'm if I'm going on that right there is a lot of times if you change your own attitude that place is a different place. Yeah, we were saying this. There's a um, 
uh, John Maxwell thing. I think it was in one of his books. I, I got, I've read so many books that the business books and those types of books that I can't. They all they're all mixed to me. But he was talking about a girl came up to him after a uh, after um, a, um, a conference and was like, "Man, I really don't like my job. I don't like the people that work there. You know, I've been there for twenty years. They pay me good, or however long they've been there. They pay me well, and yeah, my boss is all right, but." You know, and he goes, well, here's what I want you to do. And he gave her basically this list of things to do every day to change her mindset about, you know, what she did. And he said they went through these these practices, do this every day. And uh, and and I think that your job will get better. And the next year he saw her and he's like, hey, how are you doing? How's the job? She's like, you'd never believe how much people have changed at that place. <laughs> and didn't even realize it was her yeah, mindset was, that had been her. changing. Right. So, and, and I can say that. Yes, some people don't need to do what they're doing, but a lot of times, in most cases, their mindset is not right to be working anywhere, much less there. That's true. I agree. So, um, and, and look, I think you learn that stuff in your early 20s of what I want to do and what I don't want to do. Well, and I don't think you should put pressure on yourself if you don't. I mean, uh, again, right. some might take a little bit longer they and will. reach in their 30s. I mean, because maybe their 20s was a lot of playtime. They course. don't have time to think about it. It's like, all right, cool. My crazy, whatever, Wild West of my 20s, now I can actually have to grow up in my 30s. Like, well, chill chill for a second. You could probably... You could still do that. You can still, Yeah, you can still do that. <laughs> Just figure it out, you know, so... Yeah. That's it. Well, look, how can we get a hold of you? Like, what clients are you looking for? What's best fits your program? Uh, what kind of networking uh, events can we see you at? And then uh, I want to sell you a ticket to our next networking event. And... See? Absolutely, and talk about the Korean Barbecue Fest. Oh, look at that. Okay, so... You know I was going to bring that up. I love course. Korean barbecue. Oh, that is course. my favorite food. <laughs> love it. Of course. So uh, you can find me on Instagram, JK the Brand. Um, you could also find me on Clubhouse, JK the Brand. It's an audio-only app. Uh, I'll be uh, hosting a couple rooms about cold showers, mental health, uh, masculinity, things of that sort. Uh, do have a YouTube channel up. And uh, we'll have a website. I believe it's going to be jkthebrand.com, but I'll keep you guys up to date. It's just going to be a, a simple little hello page. Uh, regards to clients, it would be, oh, goodness. Uh, no demographic in particular, but somebody who's at least a decent adult who's, I would say, old enough to make their own decisions, but would be kind of considered lost as a person who's, you know, probably frustrated at their job, may not like may, may have tried everything to make a, make the, make the experience at the job easier, but who might be looking for a different way, another way out for life. Um, and yeah, there's a, a big festival coming up. It's October 9th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. It's a little bit down the road, but it's called the Korean barbecue festival. We're expecting about fifteen to about thirty thousand people. It's going to be outdoors at the Gwinnett Place Mall area. Awesome. Um, so we'll uh, we'll get you details on that as well. It's just a, a nice early plug for this, but we're looking to have about twelve to about fifteen local Korean restaurants or those that cook Korean thematic type of foods, and uh, we'll have probably about twenty or thirty of the uh, non-restaurant vendors to uh, appear in a nice little bounce house, which I'll be. I'm raising my hand. I'm jumping that bounce house before anybody else. And we're going to have a, a couple of um, uh, groups that are coming down who are uh, big influencers in themselves. I can't confirm the names just yet, but they're supposed to be big names in South Korea and over in China. So they'll be coming in, flying in fresh from Asia to do some performances. And um, we'll have a DJ there as well. So Sweet. Thanks, for guys, for showing up. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll, uh, I look forward to, to talking to you uh, 
this year more about what you do. I look forward to the Korean barbecue for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to some live music, right? Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Everybody, uh, be kind to each other out there. All right. Take care, guys. Peace out. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. What do you think? That was cool. I like it. It was like really rapid.